other moms that have lost their children, like they, they got a chance to see them for the last time. We didn't get that. No, we didn't get to dress them for the last time to kiss them for the last time. You know, the only thing that was left of Corbin was his shoes. Mm. And that's so hard that, you know, people don't get it. Like I have cried every day for four years, every single day I cry. I know. It's some days I cannot block. I can't look at his pictures. I have so I have I have um, the video of when I gave birth to him. Right. And I was like, God, you gave me so many memories of Corbin. Like I have so many memories. Like when we would leave church, we would we would um, <laughs> take selfies. Getting ready for church, we would take our selfies in the car. I want you to imagine. Your child just turning 18 years old, embarking on a new path in life. He's excited. You're used to hearing his voice every single day. And then all of a sudden, a week straight, you get no answer. Inside of you starts a, a panic, anxiety. What's going on? What's happening? Where is my child? And all of a sudden you realize he is missing. Today we have a great story, an emotional story from a great lady. Um, this is the story, story of Corbin Johnson. His mother, Melissa Jackson, is with us. And we're going to tell his story and we're going to give that, the audience an overview of what happened and, and what she had to go through when she endured him being missing. Hi, Miss Melissa Jackson. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing, Tawana? I'm doing great. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with um, I, I want to know about Corbin because um, I went through a lot of his interviews and um, a lot of the backstory. And I just think that it's important for us to tell who he is and mm -hmm. what kind of person he was and the relationship, because it seems like you guys had a very powerful relationship when you talked. So tell us a little bit about Corbin and, and your relationship with him. Well, you know, Corbin was the baby of my um, three boys. He was um, definitely a mama's boy, um, very spoiled, very sweet. Um, people didn't know that he was shy. He's a very shy, very giving, um, just has such a beautiful smile. Um, just was, he just was a light, you know, his friends would tell me how he would share every and anything that he had. He never, bragged about the things that he had even though a lot of people he was around he had more than them but he always was humble about what he had he never bragged and just just giving and so sweet um definitely loved to be around his mom loving on me um we had a relationship where we would talk about anything I allowed him you know us that you know we had such a great relationship a great friendship um it was just he was he was a really 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 a sweetheart a really sweet had he graduated high school yet he was he would have okay yeah so that that year he would have been graduating high school right he would have been graduating right okay so basically um it was a very prime a primary time in his life he was about to embark on a, a whole new journey in his life Right. Because we, me and his, um, his dad, we told him that, you know, when he graduates, we, we was going to get him a car. So that was something that he was looking forward to. 
he also was in in in, in a Christian school at first, also right. was wasn't he? Yes, yes, he went to Eagle Academy. Eagle Academy. Okay. Right. So so tell me when you when did you first the day that you realized that something wasn't right take us back to that very day and and let us know exactly what happened from the start okay so it was um july the 11th um he um he had a job interview and um um um, my ex-husband, which is his stepdad, they all they remained, just had a, a wonderful relationship. He took Corbin to his job interview and he came home and we talked about it. And um, I just remember, you know, that day, I remember what he had on. I remember just so much of what we talked about. And um, he, he came up the steps about three times. And the, the, the fourth time he's like, Mom, get ready to leave. And I just remember looking at him and was just like, God, he is so tall and handsome. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was right. like, you know. And so he was like, Mom, I'm getting ready to go. And I was like, you leaving? And he was like, yes. So um, I walked him down the steps. And we we always said, I love you. Always. That's something that my grandmother, you know, taught me. He always said, I love you. And this particular night, he was going out the door so fast. When I shut the door, I was like, God, we forgot to say I love you. And I was going to call his cell phone. I was like, no, I'll just call him tomorrow. It was late. I was, you know, going up to bed because I had to, you know, get up early and go to work. Right. So July the 12th, I'm coming home from work. I'm pulling into my subdivision and I get a call from um, one of his friends. And she said, Miss Melissa, have you talked to Corbin? And I was like, yeah. And I, yeah. I was like, yeah, I talked to him. You know, I talked to him yesterday, you know, last night. And, um, she was like, well, his friends say he says he's missing. And I immediately became kind of irritated, like missing. Uh, whatever. You know what okay, I mean? Yeah. So um, I called his cell phone and I promise you, when I called his cell phone and it went straight to the voicemail, my heart dropped because Corbin's phone was his umbilical cord. He loved his phone. He would probably knock on someone's door to charge his phone because he loved his phone. So it went straight to the voicemail. So I call, I call his dad and I was like, um, I just got his friend calling. His friend was saying Corbin is missing. He was like, well, I called him this morning. Well, I I'm sorry. He said he texted him this morning at 930. And he said it was strange because he didn't realize Corbin never texted him back. And he always did. Right. So he was like, well, I'm going to come over. Because I was, you know, he can tell that I was kind of like, you know, upset. But I was still trying to like, mm, no, nah, it's, it's got to be something. Right. Um, but it couldn't be what it ended. You know what I mean? That it wasn't expecting the end mm -hmm. um, that I got. So um, he came over. So he said, oh, I'll go talk to some of his friends. So he left me there. He he came back and um, the look on his face was like, um, we need to call the police because their stories keep changing. Who who is now? Who is this that's asking to is it who's asking this? Is this your, the stepdad? Yeah, this is his stepdad. Okay, so he's out in the field trying to trying to figure right. out what's going on, and the pieces aren't matching at this moment. They're not matching. Okay, so we call the police, and um, by this time, some of his um other friends, they're like girls. They came to the house, and they were they were crying because they had been with on Facetime that night before with Corbin. So, and they, you know, every, you know, was going around like you know Corbin is missing. So they came to my house and. 
we're sitting in there, the police are taking a report, the little girls is telling them everything, They're just telling them, you know, what they knew. Um, so that was July the 12th, so the 13th, the 14th, all this time just kept going. And, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot I'm sorry, a lot of the friends that he was around, they never came to my house again. They didn't reach out to me. They kind of made themselves scarce. They just didn't come around. Um, you know, I, I was meaning to ask you because it, it, it was it's really crazy because, you know, if 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 you've seen your child or you've seen him maybe the 11th and then all of a sudden on the 12th, someone would know that he's missing. Right. It doesn't seem like the friends would just say he's missing. They would probably be like, hey, trying to call around to see whether or not he is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To say he was missing, it stood out. Like, right. what would make them say that particular thing at that time? He could have just been at someone's house. Right. Exactly. You know what right. I mean? So that that was a red flag. And then they said the last time they saw him was at 930 in the morning. So why would y'all wait to all the way to 430 p.m.? To let his mom know that didn't make sense to me right right so um so like i said just imagine a week went by a month two months six months uh, let's 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 back up so um first of all when you you knew something at what particular moment did you know that something definitely was wrong? Was it the day after when you just didn't receive the phone calls or he right. wasn't? Right. Because Corbin had to contact me every day. Yes. He had to either call, he would call, text or FaceTime. I, you know, he every day or either I would turn his phone off. Mm -hmm. So that was something that he had to do. And that's something that he did consistently. Mom, right. I'm da da da. Mom, I'm coming. You know what I mean? So. I kind of knew because one thing I knew that Corbin would not run from me. I was his source. I was a person that made sure, he, you know, he was okay. He's, I'm the person that he called through anything that would happen to him. If he, he fell off a scooter and he, he called mom, I fell off the scooter. I was like, well, do you need to go to the doctor? He was like, no, I just wanted you to know. So he will always call me about anything. And he had to, because he didn't want to, he didn't want to get his phone turned off. So that was the pattern we had with each other. And you were his lifeline, seems like. I was his lifeline, right. Absolutely. All right. So you're 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 the stepfather's out in the community because I did see that they did do a search for him. How how long did the search last last? We it was a while. We we end up the, the last place he was seen was at a um gas station and we, you know, the uh, the media was there and we spoke. I mean, we was doing flyers everywhere, just everywhere, just you know, canvassing the area where he was at. Um, I kind of couldn't do it a lot, but my ex-husband, he was really on the pavement, just out there, just doing everything he could because he, he really and truly had a love for Corbin and Corbin definitely had a love for him. Right, right. So the community did come out and I did see some some articles, well, some videos showing that the community did come out. They did. Yeah, they showed up in numbers too. They did. I, I was, it, it really and truly touched my heart. It really did. Yeah, because I was thinking to myself, <clears throat> um, and we talked, I, 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 when I was researching this whole thing, Melissa, it just, it just was so emotional for me. And you know why, 
because mm -hmm. um our our paths are so similar to each other and um he just stood he just stood out to me i i i didn't know corbin at first until the TikTok video came out but um this the exposure i i still want to say the exposure that i feel like he should have got was a little bit more that mm -hmm. he should have got um with the news because he was only 18. He hasn't, right. he hasn't graduated high school. That means he's really considered still to be kind of a minor because he's mm -hmm. in high school. And I just think that his coverage, you know, it should have been a little bit more coverage on him. So, um, so a month goes by, right? So mm -hmm. how was your, how was your well-being a month in 90 days in as in working and, and taking care of other children and, and things like that? What, what was that like? Um, it was it I have to say it was hard but I mm -hmm. went to work every day um mm -hmm. I would cry get up from my desk go back to my desk work I just try I, I just stayed busy I tried to keep it as normal as I could you know I just tried to stay normal I just tried to stay normal I tried to stay busy um I I got some I went to therapy um, during that time, I started going to therapy, which really and truly helped me. And it was at my church. My church provided, you know, the counseling that I need and the support that I needed. So I really made sure that I had my I surrounded myself with people that were loving and encouraging, not people that was promoting hate and anger. I just I wanted to be around positive people because I didn't want to feed my soul and my spirit anything negative. Right. Right. So I so basically protected my peace. That's the only thing you can really do at that moment. Right. So six months in, you they still hadn't had anything, right? Six months in, nothing. I have a really, really great relationship with the detective. They definitely, you know, um, anytime I would text them, you know, always would text them, you know, don't forget about Corbin. We won't forget about Corbin. And, I, you know, they always would, I would tell them, like, don't call me for the small things because my heart would sink anytime I would see their number come up. But if it was anything that was, you know, that was important to let me know, because I had so many people to want. Anytime a body was found, people were calling me. And right. that would sometimes send me like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I know. I know what you mean, <laughs> because I was the opposite of you. I would like every everything that came through. I was like. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And, and, and after a while it plays a, it plays a toll on your mental. It does. Yeah. So, and then I, when I talked to the detectives, he was like, Miss Jackson, don't listen to anything. Who will be the first person that would know for that? You know what I mean? But I had them, they had to come to my job and swap my mouth for DNA. That was so difficult for me. Cause it was, it was real then it was seemed like it was real, like six months. It's, it's okay. This is real. He's really missing because, and then all kind of things is going through your, your head as your, as a mom, you're thinking like, if he's alive, I just hope no one is hurting him. Right. I hope he's somewhere where it's clean because he, he was so used to, you know, a nice place and his nice room. I just will always pray that. And then, on top of this, I had a person that was trying to extort money from me. Um, this person reached out to me through Facebook Messenger, and they they told me it's like we have Corbin; he's crying for you. And um, oh wow, um, 
And if I don't send them $8,000, they were going to kill him. And I said, well, if you give me proof of life, I can get you the money, but I have to have proof of life. And, they, you know, they was like, you know, stop playing with us. He's crying for you. He want his mom. And that person sent that message to almost every friend on my Facebook. They oh, sent wow. that. Um, what I did is I screenshotted information, provided that information to the detectives and they, they found the person. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so that was hard. That, that was, I just can understand how could someone do a mom like that? that you, you couldn't even imagine how fast I was typing. Just like, don't hurt him. You, I don't, I just, that was difficult. You know, Melissa, the thing about it is, um, there is, I'm not, I'm in tears just even thinking of that because, um, you're right at a very vulnerable moment in your life people would want to be so evil you right. know just the evilness that 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 that's in this world nowadays not just not just you already know that someone is missing their child and they're looking for them but on, on instead you you pile on another hurtful thing for them to have to go through at a time that they don't need that you know what i'm saying I don't know what goes on in, in a lot of people's head, but I just know that there we have some evil people that live in this world. We really do. Yeah, we do. So after you went through that, um, did you have to wait like six more months or was there different clues that were leading to maybe hit him a being, or did you feel at one point like this is not gonna end well? I, in my heart of hearts, I knew that after like a week, if, you know, if Corbin hadn't reached out to me, it, it wasn't going to end well. Cause you know, like you said, I was his source. I was a, I was that mom that was, that was there and that loved on him. And, um, so he, he, I'm definitely not the person that he would ever run away from. So I kind of knew that I just was like, okay, Lord, um, just I, I just begin to ask God just to prepare me for whatever. Just prepare me for it, because um, I know it did not surprise him. It did not. What happened to Corbin did not surprise God. I just was always asking him prepare me for it. So I was I I walked. I would walk between six and nine miles every day. I just walked. I just walked. I walked and that would clear my head. I would talk to God. I would talk to God, and I I was you know starting to feel a little stronger, a little stronger like. Okay, Lord. Then on the, the anniversary of him missing, I remember it was raining and we were going to um, go and release some balloons. And I told God, I said, I cannot go another year without knowing where my child is. I can't. I said, Lord, I can't. I can't. And um, so, like I said, he went missing July the 12th, 2018. That same day that I cried out to God, they found him July the 12th, 2019. Mm. Um, and I think in that one, God was really showing me, I I got you. You know what I mean? I, I, right. I, I, I got you through this. I, If you just trust me, I know God would always tell me, you have to trust me. You have to trust me. You got to trust me. I'm going to make this right. You have to trust me. You got to trust me. And when I got the call three days later, because, you know, after they found him, they had to, you know, um, identify, him. identify him. 
And I remember I was in um, Marshalls. I was getting uh, one of my nephews something for his birthday. And I looked down at my phone and it said the detective's name and my heart just dropped. And I answered the phone and uh, I can hear it in his voice because we had became so close and they were so wonderful, wonderful to me. And he said, are you home? And I said, no, but I can, I can be there in a few minutes. He, I was like, do you need me to be home? He was like, yes. I said, um, you found Corbin? And he was like, um, yes, ma'am. And I said, I'm on my way home. And, um, and he said he would be there in 20 minutes. And I remember getting in my car, I dropped all the clothes and I just, you know, walked out and I got in my car. I just started screaming. Mm. I started screaming. I was screaming. I called my best friend and um, I was talking to her and I was just crying. And I can he remember hearing her praying. And I remember her praying. I remember this voice was so clear. And it was like, put a thank you, Jesus, on your lips. That's mm. what you And I began to just scream. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because about six months of CJ being missing, I went to this adult um that this this young lady she has um a foundation it's for adult missing children. I remember going there and it's kids that were missing twenty years, ten years, and as moms, they were still crying and hurting right. and so I think that's why God was like, you put a thank you Jesus on your lip and I just began to tell him thank you Jesus and i I just calmed down. I was just calm, I was calm i got up I went to my house, and the detectives came and um when they came in, I was so calm. And I just, only thing I told them, I said, I don't want to know what happened to him right now. I don't think I can handle that. And, um, and they told me they found him. And he was like, we, we want to put it in the news. So we definitely wanted you, you to get out so you can call your family and tell your family. And they, they had tears in their eyes. Because um, they didn't want it to end the way that it ended. They know they knew he he came from a good family too. You Absolutely. Know? Um, I don't I don't think people realize too. Like sometimes those detectives, like when when we were looking for Jabez and they broke the news, and it, I think this is probably one of the most emotional um, interviews. Because as you're talking, it's almost like it's like the same same footsteps. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I know that it was hard, but you know, well, as I talk to you, I, I hear the strength that God has given you and that Corbin is probably giving you too. Absolutely. But, um, those detectives sometimes get very attached to certain cases, um, hoping that, you know, like Corbin, Corbin wasn't a, a child that was out there running around acting a fool and, and really getting in trouble like that, or, you know, calling, causing chaos. So he was somebody's neighbor, mm -hmm. somebody's brother, somebody's cousin, somebody's son. He was, he's one of those kids in the neighborhood that you see throwing a football, you know? So it's, yeah. when you look at Corbin, he's at the like end of the day, he was, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. No, he's just, he just, what I'm saying is mm -hmm. he's just an all-American kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's supposed to be going off he's to college. You know, at the end of the day, he wasn't a perfect child. He was hanging around and doing stupid stuff, but he didn't take his life. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. But he had a mom. He had 
a stepdaddy. He had his his biological dad. He had his grandparents. Yeah, he, he had people that loved him. Corbin right. had Corbin went on family trips every year. Corbin did a lot of things a lot of kids didn't ha have an opportunity to do. I just think what I would tell him all the time is that you want to be something that you're not. You're not a thug. You have a heart. So you you can't be, you're, you're not that person, CJ. Stop trying to be that person. It's okay to be different. Yeah. I will always tell him, you know, understand that you are blessed, but never get bigger than your blessing. Always remain humble. That's one thing I always taught him. And he, he did that. He remained humble because he could get anything in this world because his dad worked, I worked, his stepdad worked. He had grandparents that loved him. So, but yeah, yeah, he just, you know, he was hanging around and doing things he shouldn't have, but no one has the right to take your life. I can tell you this, when people don't like me and we're not getting along, I don't want to kill them. I just remove myself from around them. Right. That's what I, that's what I do. Um, but I will always tell Corbin, like Corbin, you cannot hang around people that don't have anything because they have nothing to lose. They're like crabs in a bucket. Mm -hmm. They're always pulling, 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 never giving back, giving back, giving back. So, but he was like, they're my friends. I mean, my son, Tawana, he would take in his book bag. I have caught five pair of his Jordan shoes in his book bag. And I'm like, excuse me, why are you taking all these shoes to school? He was like, well, I let my friends wear them because they don't have the shoes that I have. That's the kind of child I had. Right. That's he wasn't he, he wasn't found too far away from where he was last seen either, was he? He was about 15 minutes away. 15, 20 minutes away from me. And um, that was a hard day. That was just a very hard day. Everybody, you know, started coming over to my house. And I promise you, I was overwhelmed. I, I I just it, it that day it became real real right because you know everybody's coming over with the sodas and the chicken and the and the rolls and it just everybody was coming over and I promise you I could not handle it I couldn't I had to tell everybody to just nicely I need time to process it yes you know and so yeah that I mean it's it. I don't think they realize how overwhelming that that feeling is the day that you find you find out. It's almost kind of like it seems like time kind of stands still. Exactly. And exactly. I, the day that you realize that they're missing from the day that you discover them. And you said something very, very powerful. You know, God gave you the opportunity to at least know where your baby is. Some people that have missing children or, or even adult children, it doesn't matter. Right they don't never get to know where their child is and that's that's a hard burden to carry mm -hmm. it's just a very hard burden um i hate that corbin even had to go through any of this and when i look at his picture i think to myself i'm like somebody took this child and made him feel as though he was they he trusted them and all the while right. They probably had a whole scheme of things that they and didn't even have nothing. Probably didn't even have that much to even take. That's the crazy part, you know, and they don't know the ripple effect that that happens that they send out, you know, not just his his mother, his grandmother, his stepfather, his brothers like that. That does something to all of you, not just one person, 
it does it to the and, and, and the community his church people so i mean when i i look at corbin i just it's so unreal how much jabez is in him it's so <laughs> i know unreal, girl. <laughs> i feel so connected to you because <laughs> of that because other moms that have lost their children like they they got a chance to see them for the last time we didn't get that no we didn't get to dress them for the last time to kiss them for the last time you know the only thing that was left of corbin was his shoes mm. and that's so hard that you know people don't get it like i have cried every day for four years every single day i cry i know it's some days I cannot look. I can't look at his pictures. I have so I have I have um the video when I gave birth to him. Right. And I was like, God, you gave me so many memories of Corbin. Like I have so many memories. Like when we would leave church, we would we would um <laughs> take selfies. Getting ready for church, we'll take our selfies in the car. Mm -hmm. Um I just remember asking him things like how I look. He'd be like, you all right? And I was like, you're such a, I was like, you're such a hater. <laughs> so. And you know what? You know, Melissa, that's, those are the moments that make it worth it. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Yeah. Those are the moments that no matter what they do, they cannot steal those moments. You know what I'm saying? They, they cannot. So, um. The the reason that I ended up following you is because of a I I seen Corbin's story on TikTok basically, mm -hmm. right. and the kids were doing this on TikTok and I'm like I was this I'm like this is a are these real people and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I look at the news it was on I think I want to say nightly news and it was on there that this was like real people and, and Corbin was real. So I started to look for his story, never knowing that we were going to end up. And I wanted to do his story on the podcast because it was just so similar to Jabez. I'm like, what are they doing? Because I don't know if this is a new thing that they're doing in the urban communities. But if it is, they need to cut this out. Absolutely. It's it, it's it. I mean, it's beyond words, first of all, to have anybody. I, I did a um I did a Facebook page and I told you about this before. Emmett Till mother mm -hmm. remind me of her um as a strong black woman. She put Emmett Till's body out in order for them to see what they had did to her baby. What they did to her baby. His body set off a whole civil rights movement that changed a whole bunch of things. Emmett Till. Emmett Till. So I one day I put I put the the picture of not the whole thing but just of some bones and told them I'm like this is what y'all gave me back. That's right. This is what y'all gave me back to let people know it this needs to come to a halt. We're losing oh. too many of these young black boys in this community and you're not just you're you're killing them younger and younger and younger so when i seen that TikTok video and i seen what it was about you used the right word in your interview it was disgusting absolutely though i mean uh, <laughs> girl I, I let me tell you i just one day i promise you 
point, I'm at home. I keep getting instant messages on messages on Facebook. Like, I, you know, people are saying, hi, I'm such and such. I'm so sorry. I did not know this was your son's Corbin. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm like, what? Because I don't have TikTok. Right. So I didn't know anything about the TikTok. And then Cor then Corley Peel from um the news, she reached out to me. She was like, you know, Melissa and I had a really great relationship. She was like, Do you know that it's like over four million at people it's his trending corp where's Corbin? I said, Well, I don't know anything about that. I'm not on TikTok. I said, but that probably um, you know, that's probably why people have been reaching out to me. Saying, you know, they're sorry. They took it down. They removed it. I'm taking it down. I'm so sorry. I mean, it was just over. It was just so much, so much, so much. And I really expressed to them, you know, thank you so much. I was very kind. Like I always try to be. You know what I mean? Right. So um, she was like, she wanted to talk to me about it. And I was like, sure. So and this was this particular day, I had COVID. I was mm -hmm. so sick. I was sick. Right. I, I put on, I, I, let me tell you, I put on a jacket. I, I wear cute. I like hats. I had a hat on. My hair was so nappy. I looked a hot mess. But I fixed <laughs> myself up, you know what I mean, to be on TV. And I talked about it. And I let them know, look, you want to know where Corbin is? Corbin is in my heart. I carry him around with me every day. This is where Corbin is. And I promise you, when that story aired, Juana, so many people had so many negative things to say about what I had on not even paying attention to the story. You know what? I, I didn't get, we talked about it and I didn't get to see the interview until a couple days later. And I said, she couldn't have handled that with more class than anybody I know. It was handled so well because a lot of people would have got upset about it. You know, mm -hmm. I think I would have been, I was angry just to hear that they would use, this young man has been murdered thrown somewhere and his body has been found and y'all want to use that as a song i was i was upset you know right. and I, I was probably more upset because i had i knew what that felt like and why would mm -hmm. you even make their family feel that way like that you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but when i seen the interview i was like my girl handled that with class because that <laughs> that could have that could have went a whole different way yeah. with certain people right. So, you know, we when when we talked and, and I told you, I said, they're going to tear you down. There's always going to be somebody that don't like your clothes, don't like what you say. They're going to try to articulate the way you talk. But the mission and the purpose has nothing to do with that. Has nothing. Corb yeah, Corbin, Corbin's death was to help other people stay aware of what's going on out in these streets to help other missing families to say, hey, this is how I got through this. It, it, it's, it's not in vain. And when we when we pay attention to hats and clothes and all this stuff, that's those people aren't part of the mission anyways. They it wasn't purpose. It wasn't for them. Right. It absolutely wasn't for those people. And I, I just I had to realize that, like, you know, what? if that's what you got out of it, it wasn't for you. It was for someone else. Right. I had to stop focusing on, you know, me trying to feel like I have to dim my light, dim my light to get likes from people. Or for pe I don't, I, I, at that point I said, I don't care what people say. I, I really and truly, I can't care because if they only knew what we were going through or what I'm going through, they would change their narrative. And you know what? One day I was, I was, I was just like you, I was like, Lord, 
Look what they saying about me. Da, 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 da. You know what God told me? He said, what is this about? Is this about you or mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do? Absolutely. That's what he told. He said, is this about you wanting to be? Because it has what what's going on with us has really not. God is so big <laughs> that his understanding has really nothing to do with ours. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. He, he knew the day Corbin came in, what was going to happen. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm -hmm. why I think that nobody can't tell me that you're not going to be a, a powerful advocate for um those people those kids that are getting killed in the streets, those kids that are missing, you're going to be an advocate, even if it's just by you telling your story. Absolutely. I do. I, I believe that. Uh, for the, I have a love for them, for children. You know, even, you know, CJ's friends, I still love on them. They call, I still, I have no hatred toward them. I, I just don't. I, I, I don't, I don't have that in me. You know what I mean? Um. Hey, I, I just don't. People want me to. Well, you should feel this way. That I, I have to trust what God said. And this is what he said to us. I'm going to make this right. And right. if you can God to say something, you can best believe it's going to happen. Right. You're, you're not, it's not going to happen on my time, but it's going to happen. He promised me I'm going to make this right. And I, he's, do you trust me? And I said, God, but I am scared. Do you trust me? I have to trust you. Because you all I got. He's the reason why I can get up. I got up every morning and I went to work. Not looking toe up. I did my face. Everyone, I don't care if I had to do my eyebrows five times. I still got up, got myself together. I got out here and went to work. Every day. And that's hard. People don't And that's hard. Because girl, hard. I ain't even going to tell no story. Some days I woke up, I know that I look probably like she need to go back to bed. Especially when I was in the woods and stuff. It's hard. It's hard to get up. It's hard to pay attention to the things that you need to pay attention to. And, and people don't really, you know what it, it, it reminds me of. And I, I tell people this, um, and I've discussed it with one of the ladies that's in silent women speaking. Um, it's almost like, you know, how, when, when, um, veterans go over to the war and they come back with PSTD. Exactly. It's like a trauma. It's like almost like a trauma like that. Trying to sleep was hard for me. It was hard. Um, it was, oh, I just, only thing I could just imagine, just imagine your mind is playing tricks on you. Like people was coming to me, people just so insensitive. And I, and one thing about, it, I gave him some grace. Um, you do you think he may be in sex trafficking or I'm like, why would you want to put that in my head? Right. You know what I mean? Like people was coming to me with all these well, I heard this and I heard that. I said, well, don't tell me if you truly and truly care and want to help, you'll tell the detectives because I can't do anything about it. I can't. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to hear it from you. Like, even with the videos and the songs, people were sending me the songs. I don't want to hear it. Send it mm -hmm. to the police. Send it to the police. Don't send it to me. It's just... It, it's, it's, they don't know. No, they, they don't know any better. They They just... They don't know what... You have to. You literally kind of have to walk in this, um, in these shoes in order to understand what's going on. I call it the club that nobody don't want to join. You don't, don't want to be in this club. Mm -mm. So many of us. It, but I, I never thought that it would happen to me. This is something that happens on Lifetime. Child right. miss. You know, this is. A, I promise you. I was like, I told myself. I said, you know what? 
this is um sometimes I wake up to him, I'm like, Corbin's never coming back. Like I'm never going to he's 20, but he will always be 18. Right. Will always be 18. Even when he's 32, he will always be 18. Just this 18-year-old naive, naive kid who really and truly just wanted friends. He just wanted friends. Yeah. Mama, my friend, I said, CJ, you haven't gone. Are your classmate? No, Mama. I said, Corbin. But you know, and I, I'm glad I, I had hard talks with Corbin. His dad had talks with him. His stepdad had talk talks with him. You know, I have a son, which is his his um his big brother, who's doing 15 years in prison, who always talked to Corbin, told him, Corbin, me and you should not even be in trouble the way that mom raised us. You don't want to be here. You know, if I would have listened to mom, I wouldn't be here. So we we definitely talked to him a lot. We talked to him a lot. But what happened to Corbin is not my fault. It's not his fault. It's the person that did it fault. That's right. I had to realize I had to stop blaming myself. I was thinking like, do you want to? If I just would have, you know, made him stay in, I made him. I, it's it's nothing I could have did. No, I they, had, they had their own agenda at at the moment okay. that they knew they knew what they were gonna do. They got their own agenda. You can't carry. That's one weight you can't carry around. You can't carry that weight around. I told my sister that she was trying to tell me, hey, uh, this, that, and the other. I said, this is we're we're already carrying a load. We can't that's carry right. th that too. That's that's too much. Right. So that that don't that doesn't belong to you. The only thing right now that you should be carrying is I need to figure out what happened. Right. I, I literally had to give myself permission every day to be okay. Mm -hmm. I have to give myself permission to smile because what people don't understand too, like if I'm out and people see me and I'm yeah, you'll see me having a good time, but that ride home is hard. Yeah. That ride home from anywhere that I've had fun. I snatch fun for myself. Like if I'm somewhere and I'm having too much fun, I'll, I'll catch myself. But I know that Corbin will be like, ma, you know what I mean? Have fun, smile. But that ride back home, I am bawling with guilt. Like I should not be having fun. They, just, they, they don't understand what they do to us. Like my life has changed. I don't love the same. I don't sleep. Everything, everything has changed. Like everything has just changed my life. They just don't understand what did. And I, the sad part is, is that they don't care until it happens to them. Right. Don't care. My life is just, I don't trust people. I shut down for people. I isolate myself. It's just, I'm just not the same person. I've had to tell people like, you have to learn to love me from this point, not to the way that I was before Corp. Like you, you, you gotta, I'm a new person. So I'm not that, I'm not. I can, I promise you, I'm a person like now, how I would try to hold on to people and, and I can cut people off and it doesn't even, if you do anything to burn me, I feel like because my son trusted so many people he shouldn't have, I'm not going to let anyone burn me and still be able to be in my presence. Right. You're always on your P's and Q's. I'm always on my, my head is always like, mm -mm, no, you saying things and just, it's just not feeling right with me. I will cut you off. And it's sad. It's sad that you, cause remember I told you that, that I go through this anxiety and sometimes people don't realize it's not that's why i keep saying it's a trauma when i'm in a group of people 
and I don't know who people are, I get like really claustrophobic because yeah. my mm -hmm. son at one point had to trust somebody too. And it was oh. his friends and, and all this stuff like that. And he trusted people. And I, I that's not an easy thing to do after you've seen someone very close to you trust people and, and maybe die from it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get it. I, I totally get, get what you're saying. So we're going to end up wrapping it up, but I always want to want to make sure if there was another mother that was in your shoes, what would you tell them to get through, to help them, to inspire them, to motivate them, to keep going? What would be the words of encouragement that you would give them? I would tell them that this that thing did not surprise God. It did not surprise him. And he has to be your one and only friend. God has to be that person that you cry out to, that you lean on. Um, that's what I had to do. I just had to make God my focus, that he had to be my focus, no matter what was going on on the left or the right of me. I was seeking his voice. God, what do you want me to do in the middle of the night crying? Because everybody's not going to be there all the time. People who were saying that, you know, I got you, I'm going to be there. They're not going to be there all the time. So really and truly, you have to have a relationship with God or you will not make it. Right. That's just the bottom line. You cannot make it through anything like this without God. I promise you, you can't. I'm supposed to be in a crazy house. You're right. Aren't we all? In a crazy house. And connect with, connect with people that are like you. You know, connect with don't have people that you know they want to seek that that kind of vigilante justice that's not what you that's not what you need god is going to take care of it he's he's going to take care of it. whether it be on on this side or the other side he's going to take care of it you just got to trust him and just be around positive people what is your words to corbin um i want to tell him thank you for choosing me to be your mom it was such an honor loving on him and and I would you know him telling me that you know I don't need a boyfriend that I was he was my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> and we were going on dates and I it's just thank you for choosing me I, even if it if I had to birth him out over again and it ended like this I would still do it amen amen I want everybody to realize that we've had a very emotional moment. Ms. Melissa Jackson has shared a very vulnerable side. Um, please tune in to Missing Our Voices and make sure that you, you listen to this over and over again to get all that is needed. This is Tawana Spann and this is Missing Our Voices. <laughs>